0: You're listening to Rick Kleffel, The Agony Column Podcast. You can find additional reviews, interviews, print interviews, and book commentary five days a week at trashotron.com slash agony. Andrea Avantaggio is co-owner of Maria's Bookstore with her husband, Peter. Thank you for joining me, Andrea.
1: Thank you for calling me.
0: Andrea, I'd like you to tell me how you got into the book selling business, when and why?
1: Well, I like a lot of booksellers, I just kind of I started working in a bookstore in 1992 in this bookstore actually here in Durango, and um, got pretty hooked on it pretty quickly and kept a part-time waitressing job to support my book selling habit. And then um, in 1998, the original owner of the store, Decided he was ready to move on and offered offered to sell the shop to my husband and I. So, though we had a seven-month-old baby and thought it was a crazy decision, we couldn't pass it up. <laughs> and so we've owned it since 1998.
0: That does seem pretty strange. Now, in 1998, mm-hmm. what it, the book-selling climate was already getting kind of sour. You've it was to... getting
1: a little bit sour, <laughs> and um, we just decided that we were going to assume it wasn't going to go sour. <laughs> And we've, had, we've used absolutely all the information that we can get from the American Booksellers Association and other booksellers that we know. We've stolen every good idea we've come across, and we hire the absolute best people we can find. And we're fortunate that we live in a community that um, really goes out of its way to support us and make sure that we get to stay.
0: Tell us about your store. Um Has it changed since you uh, bought it? And uh, just a little bit about how it fits into the location and into the community.
1: Okay. Um, Our store was opened in 1984 by the original owner who wanted to bring to Durango, an independent bookstore, and offer Durango that um, experience and that community gathering place. And that part of the store has always stayed with it and has just grown over the years. So when we bought the store in 1998, it it had already been in Durango for 14 years and had, four years before we bought it, had moved to a new location in the same block
0: downtown.
1: And um, really the only changes that we've made are that because we put our house up for mortgage again and (laughs) kind of we have a, a deeper financial commitment to it than he did, we've worked um, just relentlessly on the financials of it with the help of the ABA and the abacus study that they provide and so we've had to have a more we've made decisions more with a business mind than than the previous owner um, had to but um, through all those years we do everything we can to support every event in the community um, especially things involving kids and and reading but really everything. We're working with the local first movement here. We're about five years behind a lot of the bigger cities. (laughs) So it's still getting off the ground here. But um, we do local author events. We have trouble with big author events, because we live kind of off of the airport grid, and it takes all day to get here. So we don't fit into the fly-in, fly-out scenario that the publishers like to see. So we do um, mostly regional author events when we can do them, but we don't have a big... We do two a week kind of for a three-month season in the summer and fall, but not so many through the winter because we can't be sure we can get people here with the weather that we have. So.
0: Tell me, um, how big is your space, and have you changed it? As you know, When you got it, did you change it to um change your sales patterns or
1: we have done um a few different things over the years we have about 2800 feet of sales floor and um for the first five years we had the store we all worked out of a little tiny office in the back and the the back part of the store there's about 700 square feet in the back that we used to share with an herb store and we realized um after about four years, that my husband and I really couldn't share a desk for many more years. <laughs> so we we assumed that lease and turned our old office into a toy room space for kids. So that's really the biggest changes that we've added. As our kids have gone through different stages, we've added lots of um, sideline items for kids, toys and gifts, and really people come to us. You know, people come to the Drag Add birthday party to go to, and they know they can find something with the book here but that's the biggest sales pattern change that we've done is just adding adding more of those um, unexpected items that people people can find here at our bookstore Mm -hmm. they used to have a little bit of a an attitude about you know we should just sell books but we really we really try and be just a full service place where people can find fun things that they don't expect to find and they know they can find something for everybody on their list whatever time of year it is so we've changed that a little bit too
0: you mentioned two things that, that interest me and I wanted to to explore a bit more. Uh, tell me about Local First and how that plays into your business and how you've tried to use that, leverage that organization.
1: Okay. Um, we don't have, right now, we're, ours isn't, I call it Local First, but it, it is a local independent business association, but we don't have an official one right here in Durango at this point. We have a group of merchants that have been working to do we do, a um, oh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we do a day where we encourage people to shop at their local businesses, but we don't have an official um, program at this point like they do in Salt Lake or in Houston. But um, our biggest thing has been, has, oh, it, it, at first when the, when the whole shop local thing was coming out, there seemed to be a little bit of a negative spin on it about you should shop here because it's it's the good thing. It's the right thing to do, and, and our angle has always been: you should shop here because it's fun, and we give you the best service, and you're going to find the exactly what you're looking for. And if you don't, we'll help you figure out how to get it. And so that has been that has been the push for the Durango Group is um, is shop here because it's it's better for you and it's better for your community, and it helps keep your money in the community instead of send, sending it out to wherever Arkansas or. <laughs> wherever it goes when it doesn't stay here. So so most of the work, and, and Peter has really been the one that's involved in that, but um, most of it has been just about how to celebrate what our community does have to offer and, um, and, try and try and encourage people to be offering the best service and the best merchandise and letting people know what we do have here.
0: Does this involve, I guess, meetings where you and Peter and, and other uh, business owners get together at a bar or, you know, someplace or, you know, somebody's back office and sit around and talk. I, I'm just curious, you know, how, how this works in a administrative, I guess, sort of. Yeah,
1: um, well, it's been – sometimes it's upstairs in our meeting room here at the bookshop. Other times it's down the street at the local brew pub or one of the local brew pubs. So there are – sometimes it's down in the basement of the coffee shop down the street from us. So it they do we do share – where it is, and um, it tends to be kind of one person from each business coming. Right now, our um, they've taken a big step and hired a woman here in town to help them create a coupon booklet, which is something that they did up at Fort Collins. And um, it looks like that's what that'll be our next big step. And and um, I don't know if they're going to steal it. the idea from Fort Collins. Is the be local coupon book? and so it just has whatever whatever any of the local stores want to offer 10% off, 20% off, a dollar off, a free coffee. Uh
0: how often do these meetings take place?
1: I think they're doing them about once a month.
0: Interesting. Now yeah. the other the other thing you mentioned that that I'm really quite interested in is uh American Booksellers Association. Tell yes. us how they've helped you, who they are to you and how you you got in touch with them.
1: They are um a lifeline to us. We, when I got into book selling, um, the American Booksellers Association had kind of had cut back their book selling school because they were having trouble finding people that were interested in opening new bookstores. It was kind of there were slim years for new bookstores there in the early 90s, and um, so I didn't have the opportunity to do that. I've learned kind of seat in my pants and. Squeezing information out of everybody. But the American Booksellers Association is um, an, an organization that supports nationally all the independent bookstores in the country. And it, it's a dues. You pay a membership to be part of it. That's based on your annual, annual sales, and it's very minimal <laughs> compared to most trade associations. They, they do um, educational seminars as part of our national trade show wherever that is. And they also do a winter seminar called Winter Institute that is three days of seminars that are all free to attend. They get support from publishers to put that on. Um, And they have just, anytime we have a question, when we were looking at the financials of the bookstore before we bought it, when we're not sure about whether it makes sense to expand or stay where we are or why our numbers aren't quite right, we can call and talk to the CEO if we need to. They're just very open and helpful in every way they can. They, they, what they provide for us, besides education, is that they don't have their head buried in the day-to-day functioning of a bookshop. They look out for industry trends. And so, you know, back when they first brought out the BookSense program, five years ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were the ones that realized, we got to get a gift card that someone can buy in Durango and redeem in Salt Lake City so that they don't have to go online or to one of the bigger chain stores to make that happen for their daughter who lives in Salt Lake City or their son who lives in Seattle. Or And so they were instrumental in making that happen and working with different software programming to figure out how that could happen. And so bigger picture things that I, as a bookstore owner in Durango, couldn't begin to undertake they take on things like that they provide the back end for a website so that we can have a website without spending too much money on a web designer and so they provide kind of big picture stuff that really really helps us stay alive and competitive in in a world where people don't accept funky and um, not professional you know, when they come in our bookstore, it's not okay for us not to be able to get on the internet and find their book quickly. And they want kind of that sort of, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is (laughs) that they keep us professional in a way that we might not realize we need to be in our small corner of Colorado. So they come to us and say, you need this gift card program and you need to do this and here's why. And and presented it in a way that makes us realize, wow, we really need to do that. <laughs> and and before we went to the seminar, we weren't even thinking about that. So, and it's a it's an amazing organization in that we are all, although we're all competitors because we all sell books, we are far enough apart that you go to a seminar, and often the most um, educational part or a big part of the educational component is hearing how other booksellers. Do things in their store, and booksellers within this organization tend to be very open and willing to share forms or um, training procedures that they have, or um, wording that they use with a customer on tricky situations, or just about anything we can find an answer to at these seminars. So. That's a long-winded answer to your
0: question. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's, that's what I was looking for. Great. Actually. <laughs>
1: um, but they really have been, we could not have survived our first five years in the book business without their help and education and knowing that they were there to ask questions and providing that network to other bookstores across the country.
0: So they helped you with the actual financials, and, and you would come to them and say, we we need to be seeing more income and less outgo."
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't help us in, you know, they didn't provide any financial backing. No, no, no. But they helped us look. They do this abacus survey, they call it, where they look at financials from bookstores all over the country, and you just fill out this form with, you know, your expenses and your outlays, and they they analyze those numbers, and it comes back to you, and it says, you know, here is, here's what a profitable bookstore spends on rent, and here's what a not-profitable bookstore spends on rent, and... And, and they used that. The financials is where they realized that bookstores through the 70s and 80s didn't really have to pay a lot of attention to their finances. It just worked. They didn't mm-hmm. have competition from every other store down the street selling books. And, and they realized that they needed to provide some tools to help booksellers be more savvy when it came to their finances. And so this Abacus survey just really looks at it you know, line by line on your, on your budget where you are and where you need to be if you want to be part of those financially successful bookstores. So it gives you really concrete. And then they'll look at that every year mm-hmm. Excuse me, and use those numbers to figure out where, where booksellers need education. So they tie their education back into that to say, okay, it looks like people are struggling with cost of goods sold or whatever it is. And they'll create a seminar that helps us
0: fine-tune those numbers Store you, you have stock and I'm curious, is there you're a general and purpose bookstore or a
1: general bookstore? yeah. we we specialize in books of the Southwest, which means that we don't we're a little softer on our return pull when we come to that Southwest section. It doesn't really it doesn't necessarily support itself in sales, but we have a better selection than anyone in the Four Corners area on those books that are about our region. But we do we're our general bookstore. We sell all, oh, everything, kids, nonfiction, fiction, poetry, everything.
0: Who, who selects what you get, and who how do you evaluate the success of that selection?
1: Well, um, I used to select it, and then I realized that I was really missing my time out on the sales floor. It was making me kind of wonder why I was selling books when all I did was sit back at my desk. So <laughs> I passed it off to um, Joe Foster, who has an incredible um, talent, or reading our community, he, he tends to. He says he looks through the catalogs with um, instead. You know, he realized right off that he couldn't just buy what he wanted. He had to think about what Maria would like. Sort of, he thinks of the persona of, of the shop as a reflection of our community. So he does all the title selection, and we have uh, a great tool that a man named John Rubin, whose mother, whose his mother owns runs a bookstore in Michigan. And he came up with this tool that lets us analyze our inventory and see how we're doing compared to stores in our region and stores across the country. So everything that we buy is subject to, you know, is it—is it selling enough to keep it on the shelf? Is it selling enough to keep two on the shelf? Are we, is everyone else selling it and we're not? Do we have it in the wrong section? Things like that. He lets us look at, you know, you can look at our your section, your fiction section, and booksellers talk about turns, Mm -hmm. which is how many times, if a book is taking up space on your shelf, how many times do you sell that book in a year? And um, you want to have at least two to three, and, you know, by paying attention to the, Above the Tree Line is the name of this program that the guy created, but um, by paying attention to our numbers in that program, we've... We've got our numbers up to five or six turns in most sections. So it really, it makes us be honest about what we're taking up space and, and financials for.
0: Do you find yourself sometimes regretting to say, boy, you know, I really love this author, I don't care if they don't sell, I want to have do. lots of... We
1: definitely, we definitely all have favorites that we say, you know, I just want to know that this book is on the shelf, even if I can only sell one a year. And, and that's okay, too. We just have to be more, we just have to be really clean with our other books so we have room for a little leeway like that. And yeah. we're fortunate that we, we are a small enough store that we can, we can keep a few of those. I know some of the bigger stores just can't afford to be sentimental. <laughs> but we do encourage booksellers, you know, when people say, Guy, I can't believe we returned that book. It's my favorite. And we tell them, well, if it's your favorite, you need to sell it. <laughs> so.
0: Uh, do you have any chain, chain bookstores that you compete with in your in the Four Corners neighborhood?
1: In the Four Corners, yes. Um, mostly we compete right here with um, some of the bigger, like Costco and Sam's Club and Walmart, you know, that are in the Four Corners region.
0: Uh, but no, uh, no Borders or, or Walden Books or anything like that?
1: Yeah, well, we have, there used to be two Walden Books in town. Mm-hmm. And two winters ago or three winters ago, they closed their downtown store. So now they have a store out at the mall.
0: Well, that's good to hear. You're driving them away. <laughs> We're driving them away. We put them out of business. We like to say that.
1: <laughs> they opened they open their down store, downtown store the same year that the bookstore here opened. So it's kind of fun to – not fun. It's never fun to see bookstores go out of business. but
0: At least things are going in the right direction. That's right. <laughs> Tell me about your events. You you say you have to deal with, uh, you have a a largely regional uh, authors. Um, Are these people you know, the people who come into your bookstore? Um,
1: It's people that come into the bookstore and people that solicit us by, you know, by email or by phone. Um, And we try and, we used to say yes to everything, and then we realized that we weren't doing anybody a favor with that, that it takes, it takes a good amount of effort to put on the event. It costs money to advertise it, and so we we try and um, filter them pretty. We try and be pretty picky about who we who we bring in, and the ones that are the most successful are the ones that have a a fairly built-in fan base. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they have lots of family or friends here in town, or if it's a a local interest type of book, we have a a great um, children's book author who comes out with a new book every year and we always do his and you know we did the big Harry Potter block parties and um, so some of them aren't just local but but we try and look at what's bringing something of interest to our customers I guess that's what everybody does but we don't have we don't have a big enough um, population base that we can just say yes to everything because sometimes they just don't work Could you Nobody t- wants that
0: could you talk about the changes that you've seen um, in in the time that you guys have owned the bookstore? Uh, has have things gotten better, or, or do you feel like you know more people are reading? We we always hear that fewer people are reading, but you go into a bookstore, it doesn't seem that way sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um, you know the biggest change that I've seen, I think, is just a turnaround in. The attitude about bookselling, selling you know that it was it was a pretty scary time to buy a bookstore in the years that we bought them and those first five years we'd go to our ABA trade show or our regional trade show and we'd just hear this list of bookstore after bookstore that was going out of business and and now there are still a few that are going out of business but there are also new ones opening and that to me is just that's so encouraging. <laughs> And I do think, I think also a change that I've seen is in the in the early years that we owned the store, the big box stores that had everything and had big cushy couches, and they seemed like the be-all, end-all, until people realized that they had everything and they still had to figure out what they wanted to read, and there wasn't necessarily someone around to help them or someone around who they could get to know their reading style and and so I feel like there's been a turn back to um, that community bookstore and knowing that they can come in and they can find somebody that can help them find just the perfect book for what they need right now. And, and so it's kind of the glamour has worn off a little on the big stores that carry everything. And people now know that we don't carry everything, but we try and carry all the right things. And if we don't have it, we can order it for them and it, we can get it quickly and we can get it in their hands. So that's been, a, I guess, uh, just a change in the attitude about what small bookstores can offer has kind of come full circle. And I, I have to say I haven't seen that trend that people aren't reading. I, I see our store busy almost every day, and I see the people in our community just so grateful that we're here. And I also see people who come to our community on vacation so happy to find an independent bookstore like the one that they no longer have in, in their big city or in their suburb. or And so instead of saying, oh, I'll, I'll write them down and buy them when I get home, they buy them here because they don't have a store like us in their hometown anymore. So that's a sad on one note, but also they appreciate us being here even more.
0: I've been speaking with Andrea Avantaggio. She's the co-owner of Maria's Bookstore. Thank you for joining me, Andrea.
1: Thank you for having me, Rick.
0: You're listening to Rick Kleffel, The Agony Column Podcast. You can find additional reviews, interviews, print interviews, and book commentary five days a week at trashotron.com agony.